Welcome to the Inspiration Accelerator, hosted by Michael Sonberg, founder and CEO of Rebel Culture and Skyrocket Education. Each week, we'll talk to a different, inspiring person in the world of leadership, personal development, career, family, fitness, and beyond. Buckle up for the Inspiration Accelerator. All right, welcome everybody to a brand new episode of the Inspiration Accelerator. I am going to be joined shortly by an attorney turned children's book author named Melissa Finkelstein. She's incredible. She's actually inspired me to do something that I'm going to share on this show. Uh, but before we get there, two things. One is forgive. My voice, uh, I have been traveling nonstop, that combined with allergy season, uh, and I am um, <clears throat> not sounding as great as I'd like to. I feel perfectly healthy, so um, thank you for tolerating my voice on this episode. The second thing I want to share is, um, you know, today was uh, my, parent, my uh, children's parent-teacher conferences. Now, we don't do those in person because... Um, with my son Teddy's special needs, he's got like three separate teachers that, that we uh, speak to. And my son um, Max has some, um, he has a, a, a reading a specialist who works with him. So it's six different teachers. And so we just do them like back to back to back to back virtually. And so I was sitting at the, um, I was sitting at the table uh, working while my wife was talking to him my son Teddy's teacher, um, his main teacher, and the, they've decided in, in collaboration with us that they're going to start uh, trying to potty train him on uh, Monday. Now, Teddy's seven and a half. I'm sure for some of you that sounds totally crazy that a seven and a half year old wouldn't be potty trained at this point. But, you know, um, we've tried multiple times, um, you know, uh, because of the autism, it, it, it hasn't stuck or rather it hasn't uh, even gotten past square one. I'm sharing the story. And, and so my wife uh, has some preparation uh, and said, well, well, okay, you know, like uh, you, you all can do it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it to you to do the, the, the hard stuff. Uh, and the teacher very seriously was like, no, like this isn't like, we, we want to do this. Like this, this, like, we can, we got this, like we can do this. And I just like stuck my head on the, I was on the other side of the room. I just stuck my head on, on the screen uh, and just told the teacher just how amazing uh, she is. And she is. Um, but I just, it's a reminder that, um, you know, if you watch the news or if you, you know, if you, if you're scrolling through the internet, it, it seemed like everything is so negative. It could seem like there are people who are just trying to tear everything apart. And then you, you, you have a person like that, like Teddy's teacher in your life, who is so supportive and so loving and treats, you know, our son like she would treat her own kids with that level of care and thoughtfulness. So just a reminder that like, like there, are more of, there are more of those people than there are the, uh, the other side. I just, I just know it. And it's just a great, a great reminder of that. Uh, speaking of folks who are like that, I am psyched to introduce um, Melissa Finkelstein. She is an attorney turned children's book author. She's a mom of three. She's a lifelong poet and creative writer who pivoted. She's no longer practicing law. She can if she wants to. She's no longer practicing law. 
She is following her passion as a children's book author. I am so excited for you all to hear from her. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. And what a beautiful parallel to, uh, you know, say that I'm like Teddy's teacher because what a special person. I'm so happy to hear about that. And that's really a beautiful thing. And I also have some beautiful teachers in my children's lives. So that touched my heart. Um, Uh, Anyway, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And thanks for, uh, thanks for what you're, what you're doing and putting out into the world. Melissa, start from, Start from square one. What talk talk to people about your this like pivot you've made? Uh, we hear stories like this of somebody who's like, "This is my career, and I'm highly successful, and there's something else that I'm called to do." So tell us about the process for you and what that was like. Absolutely. So it's been a really exciting last couple of years for me. Um, I am a litigator by training. So I went to law school. I had a pretty successful career as a litigator working at um, a midsize corporate practice in Manhattan. Um, I followed the shiny lights. So I've always been a writer and a problem solver and also a rhymer, as you said. I didn't use that in my law practice, but that's always been part of my passion, um, which I wound up turning into a side gig. So anyway, when I was a lawyer, um, I I decided to go that route because, like I said, I have, you know, my skills led me there. I thought, you know, how can I use my skills and do something that brings a lot of success? And I equated success with something big and shiny. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that short list that you receive as a kid, here are some really successful careers that you can do. You know what they are. You can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be a fireman, you know, another type of success. And I was like, okay, well, cool. I'm sure I could be a good lawyer. But what I didn't realize as a kid was, I actually didn't have to use my skills and, you know, like find a funnel and a, 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 a peg to put them in that was on that short list. I could actually just use my skills as they were. So I could use my love for poetry and continue with it and be a poet. And so that's what I've, um, you know, chosen to do in connection with sharing my kids' stories. So I have three little ones and they all have their own stories. They all have their own strengths, their own passions, their own challenges and struggles. And it's just been such a beautiful journey as I'm sure any parent could say, learning you know, what makes them tick and you know where they struggle and how other kids can relate to that. So I really wanted to share their stories um, with other kids. So I've decided to pivot in my career and focus on my love for poetry and my love for children and share my message with others. So that's what I've done in the past couple of years. I am working on a children's book series, which is called The Big Feelings Friends, or we can call it the BFF. Um, (laughs) And it's all about teaching children to recognize their big feelings, accept their big feelings, learn how to process them, and learn some tools and skills and strategies for what we can do with those big feelings. I like to share, I like to tell children, you know, we all feel these big feelings and kids often like to talk about their feelings. So we talk about what that can look like. It can look like happiness, excitement. It can also look like frustration or stress or feeling anxious or nervous. Um, But so that's step one, you know, we can feel those feelings and that's wonderful and awesome and part of being human. But we don't just have to sit there and let those feelings be in our body. We can sort of take control of them and use strategies 
for coping and processing and regulating our emotions. And I love to share that with kids. Um, I don't have training as you know, a child psychologist or a neurologist, but I have a lot of hands-on experience as a mom and I'm a super empathetic and compassionate person. And it's just like been so important and fulfilling and brought so much joy to my life to help kids work through their emotions um, through literature. So I love, you know, sharing these stories with other kids and Sorry, I'm going on a kind of a tangent right now, but <laughs> I, I like to say that children's books and really all books can serve as both a mirror and a window. So, you know, they can serve as a mirror when kids can look at books and see themselves in them. So, yeah. like I said, I have a little one who has um, some special needs. She has sensory processing disorder. So um, yeah. I wanted to share her story with the world and what it's like to be highly sensitive and sensitive to the world around her and to all the sensory input that she receives throughout her day. So we can go into more detail about that. Um, Yeah, no, there's so much to, yeah, Melissa, absolutely amazing. There's so much to unpack there. And I I wanna get into your books in a a second and really the impact that you had on me as well. Um, but the, there's a message here. I actually, <clears throat> listeners of the show will know that I, I do a lot of work in urban education. I spoke to a, um, a principal the other day who uh, is not returning to their role um, and is debating right now going back into a principal role at, a, at another, another district. And, you know, this is in a, one of the toughest cities in the whole country. Uh, where the work is is and it's cold and it's it's rainy and it's exhausting and there's so much trauma and there's so much um, you know there are so many challenges and 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 uh, you know this is the work I've committed my life to so I'm I'm not trying to paint it in a negative life a negative light but it's very challenging and I I just said to the person I'm like why don't why don't you try and do something else for a little while like you're just coming out of this like really, really tough gig. Like, why don't you try doing something else? See what else is, is out there. And now it's a little bit. And, and the person was like, I can't even, I can't even fathom that. I was like, can you, can you, like, can you fathom like not waking up at, at four in the morning, like for a couple of years, like maybe waking up at six, like, w- w- are you excited about the idea of being able to take your kids to sports and not, you know, doing these, you know, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. days, five days a week. Um, and I, so I'm just, I, I'm, I so admire people like you who say, here's the thing I do, I'm highly successful at it, and I'm going to walk away. I'm going to do something that, uh, that lights me up in, in a way that this other thing doesn't. This other thing's not bad. It's not wrong. It's okay. It'll always be there. I told that leader this, so you can go back to becoming a principal. There's not going to be a shortage of that at any point soon. Like they need great principals. I'm like, but like do something else for a little while, like give your brain a break, give your body a break. And so just really like admire the fact that you made that shift. Was that hard for you to say? I imagine there's a part of you that identified as an attorney, as a highly successful attorney. Is there a part of you that was like, it was hard to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. 
Yes. And so that's why, you know, I'm, I'm just taking a break. I don't know where this is going to go exactly. I'm not willing oh, to, right. you know, walk away for, from it or say that, you know, I no longer identify with being a lawyer. But the part that I miss and feel, you know, a little bit of grief over and remorse over leaving is the amount of work and time and money and effort and energy I put into it. It's not, it, it's not actually like the day-to-day job. I don't miss litigating. I, you know, I, I'm not, it's not the work and the cause that I miss right now. It's the, oh, wow, I spent a large portion of my life working toward this goal and I was highly successful in it. And, you know, I, okay, I, I just feel badly about letting that go. That's the part yeah. that that I feel that way about. There's something, um, there's a term I learned a few years ago. You might be familiar with it. It's called the sunk cost fallacy. And to explain it for folks who don't know what it is, to explain it in the simplest way, it's the thing that, that sounds like uh, we, we paid $10 to see this movie or between the two of us, we paid 20 bucks to see this movie. It's terrible, but we're not going to leave because we want to like, we've already spent our money on it, right? We've, we gotta, we've got to get our, mon- our money's worth. Um, but the, it. Keep, the, the, the money's gone. It's already gone. Right. And the money's gone and the time is gone. And it was such a mindset shift for me to hear that because I was like, oh yeah, like it's totally gone already for you. It's like the money's been spent. The time's been spent. If it's not the thing that's lighting you up, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing that you moved on from it. Truly. Wow. Thank you. That was great. Great perspective shift. Well, I appreciate that. So let me talk about how you and I met. Uh, I have very few like hard and fast rules in this world. But one of them is that I never travel on my kids' birthdays. Um, Those three dates are locked in stone. I am always home for their birthdays. I travel a lot during the year. And so those three days are, are immovable. And then last October, I got an opportunity to attend a conference in Manhattan that I thought would be really valuable for me. It wound up being extremely valuable called Unfair Advantage Live, um, run by uh, Jen Gottlieb and Chris Winfield uh, and their company called Super Connector Media. Uh, But the problem is, is one of the days, the second day was on Teddy's birthday, uh, which is October 19th. And so that meant it was, I was in Manhattan and I live on Long Island. So I was able to come home that night and see him. Um, Oh no, actually there was a mixer that night. That was the night of the mixer. So I was going to, I wasn't going to see him at all on his birthday. And I was, I was devastated by that, but I thought like, I will, I will, I will sacrifice this this year because I think this opportunity could be so great and I can learn so much. And on that second morning, when we were doing our, uh, our gratitudes, I stood up and I did one and I shared about my son turning seven and me not being there with him, but just being really grateful for him and his, his health. I shared some of his story um, and just, you know, really grateful for all the people in the room. And you came up to me a few hours later, we hadn't met yet. And you gave me a copy. I'm getting emotional here. You gave me a copy of your, your first book and said, you know, the, the, the story, um, Teddy's story really resonated with you, gave me a copy of your first book and said, uh, no, you know, no, no, no money, just here, have this. And then said, uh, you know, re- read it to Teddy. Like, I hope he, I hope he likes it. That was really, really moving. What is, first of all, so 
thank you for that. Uh, what is no. what, what, what is that? Um, what, what, what is that just in you? Is it just you just want to make you just want to make change for people? You want to just help people um, who have whether it's children with special needs or children. Uh, you talk about like expressing emotions. Like is that just is that just hardwired into you at this point? It is. Thank you for asking. Yes. I just, it truly makes me happy to make other people happy and to help others. And like I said, now I have a pretty close experience with my little one having some special needs. Um, And it's just, you know, that much more important to me to have kids like her feel seen and supported. So Mm. I'm just on a little bit of a mission with it now. I think it's I think it's more than a little bit of a mission. Talk to us. Tell our <laughs> folks. And this is I want to tell this story too. And then we, I want to talk about your books. I want folks to folks to buy these books. They're they're amazing. I only have I only have the uh, a Picky the Panda one, but um, there's you just had a new one come out as well, correct? Yes. Yep. Last okay. month I released my second book, which is called Bobby the Snake and the Broken TV. Oh my gosh! All right, we've got to talk about these, about but. I, I want to just share this one other story about your generosity because um, my wife and I had written a children's book uh, and were uh, about a, a bear with autism. We, my son's name is Teddy. We call him Teddy Bear. We call him Bear. We call, I mean, he's, he, we call him some sort of uh, some sort of name that ties into uh, a bear more than I think we call him Teddy. And the bear in the book <laughs> has autism, and we wrote this book and just were looking for illustrators and couldn't find one. And we had friends who are artists and some folks were, were loved the idea, but just didn't have time. Some folks said, Hey, it's just not for me. So I asked you, Hey, how'd you find your, your artist? And you connected me to the website where you, you found the person. I'm happy to say that we are currently contracted with an artist, an illustrator on it's a web a website called Fiverr. Uh, to um, oh, it's to, so awesome. to live to deliver the book, yeah, and um, uh, it's it's going to come out. It's come out in like four or five months, and uh, we're just really we're excited about it for the for for many reasons. But you know, one of our um, kind of quasi pet peeves, if um, I shouldn't call it a pet peeve, but most books about kids with autism, they 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 paint them as having like these superpowers with capes and, and, and S's on their chests. And that's great. But we wanted to write the book about like the, the autism experience that, that we knew um, and not the superstar who, you know, is unstoppable, but the, the bear who doesn't say much and his, his friends have to say uh, almost have to do the talking for him at times. And he points a lot. Um, and gets nervous a lot with, you know, loud sounds or, or bright lights and things like that. So we're, we're really excited to, to bring that story to the world, which is a little bit of a different take on at least what we've seen traditionally about, about books about kids with autism. So thank you for that, because you set us on the, you set us on that path. Wonderful. I am so happy to hear that and so excited for you guys and cannot wait to read and see that book and can't wait for you to join this journey too. It's really a special one and a fulfilling one. 
Oh my gosh. So tell us, tell us about your books. What are they called? Where can people find them? And then I want to hear about some of these speaking gigs that you've been doing. Cause if you check out Melissa on social media, you think that she's like, like teleporting herself because she's all over the place. So tell <laughs> us about your books. Okay. So like I said, it's called the big feelings friends series. Um, so far I've written three of the books and released and produced two of them. So the first is called picky, the panda and the tickly tail. Mm. And it tells the story of a highly sensitive panda bear and how she experiences life and how she navigates her day and what she does when she becomes overwhelmed and dysregulated. So it's um, highly inspired by my daughter, uh, Skylar, who's five years old and has sensory processing disorder and some sensory challenges and some other stuff going on. Um, and so um, like your son, she's very you know, overwhelmed and overstimulated by the bright lights and the loud noises. And these things can be very overwhelming to her. So going back to the mirror window thing, it was so important for me to tell her story for a couple of reasons. First, to help other kids like her who feel these feelings and don't know that they're, you know, supported by this community of other like-minded kids and kids who are, feel just like her. So, mm. you know, I've gotten amazing feedback from families. Like I have a highly sensitive little one, you know, my kid has some sensory challenges too, and they saw themselves in this book and could really relate to it. So that was one of the main reasons that I wanted to share this story. Um, to help kids and also their families, you know, their parents, their siblings to realize that what their little one's going through, um, you know, is reasonably common and is okay. And there are others like it. And, you know, I do paint it as a little bit of a, a super power as well um, in the sense that my little one's highly sensitive. So she's not, she doesn't only become overwhelmed and it doesn't always look like a challenge. It can also be um, an asset and one of her strengths, you know, she's super creative and super intuitive and yes. um, very in touch with her emotions and a deep thinker. So she has all these wonderful things that are brought by her heightened sensitivity. So that's cool too. But I wanted to help kids like her and their families. And then I also wanted to show her peers, which I'm sure it's going to be the same thing with the story that you're telling inspired by Teddy, you know, you're showing other kids what it, that, you know, why your child might be pointing or relying on friends to use words for him. Um, and just so that when they see things like this go on in the classroom or in other, you know, kid environments, they know what's going on, you know? So for Skylar, this might look like her covering her ears from a loud sound or hiding under a table when she becomes dysregulated and overwhelmed. And, a kid might have no idea what's going on with her, but this book will give a little glimpse into her world. So that was my other goal. And it's such an important thing. And thanks for sharing that. It's so, um, you know, my wife and I talk about it often. Uh, when I was in elementary school and middle school, I, you know, I, I'd see kids um, show up on um, a smaller bus than I went to school in. They would be walked into a separate corridor that I never went down. Uh, we rarely ever saw them. Um, and we didn't know anything about the kids with special needs. And, you know, I, I, I was never, ever, I wasn't raised like this, but I would never, ever say an unkind word to, to any of them or, or anyone, rather. But 
other kids did. Um, and when we did see them, um, people were brutal to, to the, these, these students. And, and one in particular who I'm thinking of um, was, was mocked mercilessly. And I am convinced that so much of that is around like a lack of understanding, a lack of like, I, I don't know this thing. And so it's easier to make fun of it. It's harder, particularly for kids to say, Hey, like, you know, what, you know, tell me about yourself or, you know, why do you, why do you do it that way? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that, you know, like what we, uh, we were uh, eating pizza once with some, some, uh, some family. And there were some other people there who knew the knew you know, knew that side of the family. And Teddy was eating his pizza from the crust side first. So, you know, pizza slices a triangle and uh, not eating it from like the tip of the triangle, but eating it from the crust side. And one of the kids who I know didn't mean anything bad by it, but one of the kids said, that's the, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I got so frustrated. And I, of course, you know, I kept my cool and I, I redirected the, the child and explained that, you know, it's just, it's the way he does it. And it's totally fine. And it's actually not weird. It's pretty unique. But, you know, what you're doing, this, you know, educating people about um, whether it's uh, sensory issues or um, the response that a, a, a child has to bright light or loud noises. Um, it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible work. I mean, it's, it's world changing work. And I just want to, I mean, thank you for doing that. It's, it's amazing what you're doing, Melissa. Thank you. Um, I didn't know, I didn't quite, when I set out to write this story, frankly, it was really more grassroots. I just wanted to share like my little kid's story and make, you know, a beautiful children's book for bedtime, pretty much, you know, my kids were my muses um, in writing my stories. And I can tell you about my other two books, which were inspired more heavily by my other two children, but the reach that this book has had and the impact that it's had and, um, you know, just the feedback I've gotten from families and from kids has been really beautiful and beyond what I set out to do. So it's something I'm very proud of and brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, you you should be, and 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 by the way, um, like you are all over the place. Talk about some of these speaking gigs that you've been doing, and like the time and effort you've been putting into spreading your message. Sure. So I have been um, going into you know anything from bookstores to libraries to schools in many different capacities, um, and that has also been super fulfilling. And one of the most fun parts of this journey, I would say, going back in time to when I was you know given those top ten career choices, my top two were probably becoming a lawyer or becoming a teacher, and those are very different fields, obviously. Um, but you know, just both of them related to, I could, I could see both of them in my heart and my skill sets. And like we talked about, I decided to become a lawyer. Um, but anyway, I, I've always wondered, should I have been a teacher? Should I go back to be a teacher one day? And so sharing my books with these kids and going into schools and doing speaking engagements and author visits and assemblies has been an amazing way to kind of combine all of my interests and passions and, um, you know, spread the word and, 
meet with these children face to face and help them make the connection between an author and a book and remind them, you know, what goes into making a book and then sharing and talking about some of the lessons within the book. So, you know, how to recognize and respond to our big feelings um, is the biggest one. And then also to practice kindness and empathy toward our peers, particularly when they might be feeling these big feelings. So I've been doing a lot of work in schools and mm. sharing um, predominantly with the children um, in the form of like an author visit or author assembly. And I've also done a couple of family nights, which is a fairly similar um, assembly, but also brings the parents in, which has been so much fun. And I think super rewarding. I hope that when I share with the students um, that they'll go home and share some of what we've discussed with their parents, but you know, our days are busy and it doesn't always translate. So having the parents involved with the kids is an amazing way to kind of bring everyone together as a community and make sure that the message is heard throughout the homes. And I've also done um, some professional development work, which is which has been working directly with the teachers um, to talk about how we can spread these messages and reach children through literature and um, kind of going back to that mirror and window analogy um, about, you know, how we can help kids see themselves in these books as well as their peers and classmates. So I've been doing a lot. I've been going um, all around the tri-state area and it's been really fun. And are you, have you, uh, have you signed your, um, your, your first author autograph yet? Have you gotten requests for to autograph people's books um, at this point? Yes, yes. I do tons of it, actually. And um, it's really sweet and, and really special uh, to particularly to the northern New Jersey elementary school age children. I'm like a little celebrity. So it's been adorable. It's been, you know, it's been so much fun. I love signing their books and um, and seeing their smile. So it's been great. I remember that being because I have, uh, you know, a book for my education company and people will ask for my autograph. And I remember being so taken aback by it the first time. <laughs> like you want, wait, you want my autograph? And like, I almost have to like, like get present to the fact that like the thing I wrote is impacting them, but I almost like I couldn't initially. And now I sign books all the time, but I remember the very first time I got asked, I was like, it felt really weird. Almost like, uh, no, you don't want my autograph. Get get somebody famous's autograph. And but right? you know, you never know the impact you're having on people. And and uh I actually just interestingly just got an email this morning from somebody who um their whole school is their whole leadership team at their school is reading my book. They're doing a, a book study on it. They want to have a call to see if there's an opportunity to partner with them. I've never, I've never heard of them. I've never met any of the folks. So it's, uh, it's really, it's really humbling. It really is. That's amazing. I know, right? Um, Sometimes I'm like, can I get a grown up? Can anyone, who, who wrote this book? <laughs> <laughs> um, Melissa, where can people find your books and where can they, how can they book you? A, a lot of educators listen to this show. Um, and uh, I think that folks are going to be really interested in finding out where they can, how they can book you and where they can get you to, how they can get you to come see uh, or even get your books for their, for their students. So give us some info on that. 
Okay, wonderful. Thank you. So um, you can find my books most easily through um, doing an Amazon search. So you can search for The Big Feelings, Friends. That's the name of this series. And then the two books I've released so far are Picky the Panda and the Tickly Tail and Bobby the Snake and the Broken TV. So you can Mm -hmm. also just search those names in Amazon. Um, You can reach out to me through email directly to melissa.finkelstein, the number one at gmail.com or on Instagram at Melissa Finkelstein Books. Um, I'm very approachable, very reachable. So you can reach out anytime. And if you have any questions about purchasing the books or just, you know, want to chat, if you have, you know, similar experiences in raising your own children or um, children that you educate, then I'm always happy to chat. And we can also talk about uh, bookings as well through those formats. Amazing. And, and Melissa, I just looked up um, Picky the Panda and the Tickly Tail. 67 five-star ratings. You're an absolute, you're, you're a beast. This is amazing. Holy cow. Oh, thank you, you so an much. absolute difference for people. Um, well, thank you. I love seeing yeah, those reviews. <laughs> Holy cow. Really incredible. Uh, you, you hold the distinction. You're the first guest that ever got me to... Um, ever got me to get uh, choked up. So <laughs> thank you for that. And um, no. you've actually made a, a legit, um, just your kindness when, when we met at that conference, but then your actual like coaching on how I could take this thing that was just an idea and my wife and I could take it and, and make it come to fruition and then uh, impact people um, all over, all over the place um, has actually changed things for us. So just want to say um, thank you and thanks for coming on the show. And uh, I, I wish you nothing but all the best, truly. Thank you so much. I can't wait to chat more about your book. And I'm always here to bounce ideas off of it. Um, and that's just really, really exciting. You're going to touch a lot of lives through that book, too. So thank yeah, you so much that. for having me on. And and I'm definitely sending a copy of Bobby the Snake today. I can't believe you don't have it yet. I'm sending it to you right now. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. That's amazing. And um, thanks again for coming on, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tolerating my voice today. Um, I'm sure uh, Melissa's awesomeness overpowered that. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of the Inspiration Accelerator. Until then, do something kind for somebody. Do something amazing for yourself. Have a phenomenal week. See ya. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Please look out for a new episode with a new guest every week. This was the Inspiration Accelerator with Michael Sonberg.